0: This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. It's freedom, and I like it, my spot.
1: So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And
2: now, here's Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blackcast, our big season two wrap-up of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Very excited to talk about the second season of this show. As always, I am Christian Blatt. Assembled before you, uh, three of my favorite Star Trek fans uh, in the, well, in the internet, but also in the in the entire world. I've, I've been in rooms with each of you, but never at the same time. Uh, joining us is Drexel Herb. Drexel, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thanks for having me. Always glad to, to, uh, to be back on the bridge.
2: That's right. Uh, p- please man your stations. Uh, and uh, w- uh, working the con is uh, Jason Blair uh, checking in uh, from the... Uh, the USS Austin, I guess, and, uh, continuing the, uh, the clockwise presentation bring, for our yeah. audio. I think I just doxed you, uh, Tom Kelly of the Tom Kelly show and, uh, so many other places. Oh, we're showing off now. Okay. Well, we'll make sure, oh, we'll, uh, you know,
3: can yeah. we, can we, before we start the show, mention the, for the audio people mention what I'm wearing and then what Drexel did, the one up me in the pre chat?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think it's important and Jason didn't get to see that part. So, uh i have on a uh a star trek t-shirt it's from comic con i think uh 2008 it's for this is specifically for the jj abrams star trek it has the star date the release date on the back uh and it actually fits perfectly in the stream yard uh rectangle tom got the old uh the old kirk uniform out of mothballs uh and uh you know whenever it's a fancy dress event Tom always wears the Kirk dress uniform, and uh, there's no fancier event on your schedule in the month of August than uh, the Black Cast. But uh, Drexel, you showed that uh, while you didn't get the memo, uh, you do, I guess, win uh, the biggest dedication for uh, being a Star Trek fan. If you'd show our our visual audience, uh, I don't know if
0: you can see it. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, blurry, but but uh, it is
2: command tattoo right here. Right, wow. and and all you need to do is add on to it, and then you can communicate with the bridge just by touching it on your wrist. You yeah, know, you know what?
0: It. I actually am thinking about adding on down my arm, but uh, we'll get to that because we will talk about it in one of the episodes uh, <laughs> from this season. <laughs> actually,
3: it- specifically point out my irritation with Drexel. Um, <laughs> Drexel says, okay. "When we know, but when we come in, you and I are there." Drexel goes. Well um I guess I didn't get the uniform memo but luckily I have a
2: tattoo. <laughs> yeah. True.
0: Like,
3: like suddenly yeah. then we were all underneath him on the fandom. Layer. No,
0: no, no. I was just like, saying like well I guess I have something to to you know be a part of the the uniform. Actually, you know what? This shirt right here is blue and it has little stars
2: on it so I guess I I think that helps. That. All I know let's is
0: I not to not
2: uniform. to un- not to undersell Jason, by the way, you did come equipped with your Captain Pike hair.
1: So. Yeah, oh man, that's the best compliment I've ever had. I, I love you,
2: Christian. Thank you. You I, know how I much know, I
1: love that hair. That's I, I my... do,
2: and and it is definitely working for you today. Uh, the, <laughs> the pike hair was out of hand, uh, this yeah. season, let's be honest. I, I, uh, I, and it was addressed appropriately, which I'm sure we'll end up talking I about. I have at a uniform,
1: point. but it's 111 degrees in Austin today, and I'm not no. putting that on, so no. yeah.
2: And, and oddly enough, you're the you're the uh, well, I guess the, the two of us on the right side are the only ones that apparently have a hurricane warning in our future. Go figure uh, oh, yeah. how, how crazy the world is. The West Coast um, hurricane. Anyway, that, uh, you know, and, and it's too bad you... there's no jokes that anybody could make about a hurricane named Hillary. But anyway, Tom, what did you want to say?
3: Well, just one other thing that I thought was funny that you guys would laugh at about me wearing a uniform is um, the, the 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 stripes are itchy on this yeah. like cheap hell and i'm just sitting there thinking is that a 23rd century humble brag wow all <laughs> these stripes are so itchy for me yes. like, ever since i made captain my forearms are so itchy <laughs> like, <laughs> okay.
2: yeah for for tng it's like i got i got too many pips on my neck and uh, i think that uh, you <laughs> know my back hurts you know uh, just from uh, holding everything down so uh let's do a a, a quick summary uh for everyone let's uh, talk about And uh, Tom, I know you were a part of it. Jason, you were part of it uh, last year when we talked about uh, uh, season one of Strange New Worlds. Um, Just overall thoughts of the show after that first season heading into uh, season two. Uh, Jason, I'll start with you. I'll I'll, I'll do like a counterclockwise here. Overall, comparing last season to this season? No, no. Just at the, you know, having watched the first season before this one started, Mm -hmm. where you were at you know, how you felt about season one and okay, now we're getting season two and your oh, thoughts were. Oh, I
1: was super excited for it. You know, I mean, I, I've been very, uh, you know, th- the problem is with after last season, I thought they could either keep it the same or they would go down. There's no way to really go up from season one. So, um, you know, I tried to keep that in mind of, you know, two can't be any better than one, but hopefully it'll be at least as good. Now, I was excited to get on a show with Tom because I think the last time we've been on a thing was talking about Picard and, you know, he's Mr. Grumpy Man. So I I wanted to see what he could do to bring down everything. You know,
2: here's the thing about Tom. Uh, Tom loves Star Trek. Uh, You know, I was going to say, unlike anyone that you'll meet, but the four of us are, are, are pretty much right in there. But Tom, you know, lives and breathes it. I always point out, uh, that his now defunct uh, aim screen name was TJK one seven zero one, and uh, if that was still, you know, an, an active email, so really well, to... email
3: if you want to know. If anyone wants to write me, go ahead. TJK one seven zero one at AOL. It goes.
2: And I, I think that recent Star Trek product has not been Tom's favorite. It, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the last time you were excited was the last AC Crispin novel that came continuing the, uh, the uh, Spock's yesterday yesterday's Sun series. Uh, But I think you liked the first JJ Abrams. Is that right? Okay. And you know what it is? I have liked the last
3: time I truly loved star Trek beginning to end. Perfect episode was first contact. Okay. Uh, I mean, now I also though have enjoyed other aspects of star Trek over the years. There have been times where I've had nervous breakdowns about it, and I treat pretty much everything made after Nemesis as fan fiction, and that's how I can enjoy it. Uh, I found the JJ thing was well cast, well shot, and awfully written, And, and this may be my problem with modern television. Honestly, uh, I'm glad the writers are on strike right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, my individual friends who are striking, I I, I feel for you. But overall, there's too much crap out there. And there is too much Star Trek out there. But answering Jason Blair's little remark real quick. (laughs) I enjoy Strange New Worlds. Now, I have notes if the creators want to give them to me. I think there's a lot of mistakes that I'm going to point out throughout the uh, six hours of today's podcast that uh, you will all agree with. But overall, listen, Picard was sloppy and poorly written. And I'll even argue with a couple of things poorly cast. uh, That said, Strange New Worlds. Especially that
2: slouch they got to play Picard. You know, you know he, he's
3: <laughs> the guy they used to have was so much younger.
2: <laughs> you got a bell for that. Tom.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, like, uh, I, I don't want to give all my thoughts in the first minute and dominate. No, them,
2: no, no, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. But but overall,
3: so- I'm satisfied. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm satisfied. There are things that I think they could have done better. Uh, there are chances. I'm glad they took. And there are chances that they took with the musical episode that I don't think paid off, but I was, um, you know what? But because it, was true to star trek i applaud them taking the chances
2: yeah i mean and and we'll we'll break down the the episodes our favorites least favorites we'll go through you know the the two biggest that really stand out i think from what people were expecting during the year uh but i would say this is uh possibly even in only 10 episodes it's one of the most adventurous epi- uh, seasons of star trek television drexel uh now you and i have have talked. In fact, we were trading texts this morning. That's how it was. Like, well, we are doing the show. If you, if you can uh, steal away for a bit, uh, so I, I kind of know your general feelings. But uh, just for our audience, talk a little bit about how you felt about the first season and heading into the second season. Uh, where where you thought you were personally for your enjoyment of Strange New Worlds? Well, I
0: loved the first season. I think we we spoke about it the last time I was on <clears throat> with all of you, and. Um, it was, we were, it was we were also talking about Picard at the same time, and we were yeah. talking about you know all the different versions of Paramount Plus's Star Trek universe, um, but Strange New Worlds just kind of as a as it's as a standalone and as a part of the universe really is like top notch compared to the other um, the other. And I love Discovery, and I loved first season Discovery, second season Discovery, um, but Strange New Worlds really brings us back. To the nostalgia of Star Trek that we're used to, and I think that's what I love. About. I love a good prequel, um, and, and seeing how people develop over time. In uh, this season, we, you know, I know we're going to talk about we got a chance to see, you know, when certain characters that we know and love started to meet each other for the first yeah. time, and how those things happen. Uh, and so I thought it was really cool. I, uh, we have another Star Trek fan behind you Jason. Oh yeah, um, he's and... a big fan in, of, uh, <laughs> of
1: uh, lower decks. I can't lower get him to stop. Which is a problem cuz he's 8 and all those episodes are TV14, but he uh, yeah. he loves them. Yeah.
0: But but I but, but overall I just thought it was a really solid season. I know um you know there's a couple of criticisms uh, when it comes to, you know, Borg versus Gorn and, and and I know we'll talk about that, but just how they're incorporating certain things and yeah. Hopefully they don't make the same mistakes that they did before uh, in certain in in in, in certain series uh, before. So, uh, but I just thought it was great, and I love you know uh, Rebecca Romaine. I think she's really the 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 linchpin of this whole. Like, I obviously love uh, Anthony Mount as Christopher Pike, but but Rebecca Romaine's uh, number one is talking
2: yeah no no, no. she's she's fantastic and and yeah to uh the point that drexel's making uh when we were texting this morning uh basically i texted faster than you where we were both had the sentiment of the gorner becoming this show's borg where you're like okay again uh and and not to not to undersell the story of the finale which i did think was very well done and it's very interesting uh but it's like okay all right more gorn and then you always have to figure like how does the Gorn evolve into looking like the Gorn in the TOS episode, where you could practically see the zipper? You know, I'm just like, it's like it's like the humanoid Klingons in uh, Trouble with Tribbles and well, every original series. But you know, there, there's we have to make allowances for the time space continuum, as it were, uh, and we will talk about all of it. Um, uh, one of the things that I think you know, and and we will definitely touch on every episode in the season but uh instead of going through and naming each episode and we each you know uh what i want to start with is uh we'll each talk about which episode was our favorite and if you don't remember the title i'll do my best to help you i'm going to go first so that you can collect your thoughts and think about it um when uh before i had finished the season i might have told you uh tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow was my favorite episode however uh episode eight under the cloak of war uh, dealing with something that they very rarely deal with in Star Trek, and that is the war of Star Trek. Uh, you know, to to turn our eyes to another universe for a moment. Uh, people loved the Star Wars series Andor because it dealt with sort of the impact of the actual war of Star Wars, and this was alluded to in an earlier season and in an earlier episodes of the season. And it's just like, I mean. Dealing with the Klingon War and people having to deal with it. I mean, that could have easily been, you know, an Andor-style show. I'm glad that they kept it to, to one episode here. Um, and you know, I mean, I feel like we knew Dr. Mbinga a, a decent amount last year. And, and I, I still feel like that storyline with his daughter trapped in the 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 buffer, I was like, well, they really should have dragged that out a little longer. You know, I felt like they just you know resolved it too quickly, but we really got to know him this year and I think he's a great character and just sort of seeing him and chapel, you know, in the flashbacks and just dealing with it, this idea of the, the, you know, the Klingon dignitary and the ambassador and, and the idea that uh, you know, maybe he says he's changed, but I still want to kill him. And uh, just the storytelling of the actual fight between them, where we're getting Chapel's point of view and we don't actually see what happened. And of course she's going to stand by him no matter what, not just because she hates the person that died. I thought that was one of the best hours of Star Trek I've seen in a very long time. It was very well written. I do hope uh, that they are, they choose to submit that episode for the Emmy. Uh, You can, you can submit several, but uh, I I don't know. I, I was just blown away by that one. And I, You know, when it started, I wasn't starting to think like, you know, I bet this is uh, this is going to be my favorite. Um, So, uh, you know, doesn't have to be anybody else's favorite. But since I brought up that one, um, Jason, what did you think of that episode?
1: That's only your favorite because your old neighbor,
2: Clint Howard, is in it. But uh... (laughs) it's actually a great point. Yeah. Yeah, As soon as I saw by the way, he's still my neighbor. I I actually moved closer to Clint. I don't know if you know Drexel, but Clint Howard uh, lives in Burbank. He and Ron went to Burbank High School. I ran into him in Vons once. He had been on Dennis Miller's radio show, so I know Clint Howard fairly well. I do not know Ron Howard at all. Uh, But, uh, and and for, you know, and I love how often, uh, he turns up on Star Trek. So you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thank you for uh, keeping me honest on that because I actually neglected to mention that that might've been the moment where I was like, "Clint's in this episode, yeah. but anyway, finish your I, thoughts, I, I, Jason. I, but I,
1: I do agree. That's probably the one they should submit for Emmy, uh, consideration. It, it's not my favorite, which we can discuss later, but it was very good. I would say it's probably my second favorite of the, of the season. Um, it reminded me of one time i was watching the uh because i am a super nerd i listen to the audio commentaries on a lot of the like box sets of the next generation and ron moore the writer on next generation was talking about how a lot of times people always talk about the bold stances that star trek takes and he goes actually a lot of times we don't really resolve or advocate for one way or another we sort of leave it up to the viewers like the episode with the hermaphrodite planet and they did sort of the you know gender conversion therapy and stuff like that and he says people will come up all the time and say thank you for advocating against that and he was like the episode really doesn't say one way or another you kind of you fill in the blanks with your you know uh predisposition as a viewer on whether the show was advocating for it or against it and i thought this was a great episode of that cuz i think people that can watch it and be like oh yeah imbinga definitely killed him and it was just it was murder and you know but it's maybe justified and then other people say no they really did struggle and and uh, you know that's always a great storytelling device that i think star trek is is very good at so that was that i think a perfect trek episode where it left it up to the viewer at the end of what really went down
2: yeah, I agree. And, you know, the, it reminds me the way you're uh, discussing it. The the first episode, sorry, the first season episode where basically they had to kill that little kid to keep the planet running right. was another one of those where it's like, yes, to us, it's terrible and it's wrong, but it is their society. And they sort of leave it more in that way, which I thought was interesting. Tom, what did you think of uh, this episode? We're speaking of episode eight. And uh, if, I, I hope that you're not just uh, looking down at your thesaurus for uh, trying to find different, you know, 10 different ways to say, hate or despise for each episode this season
3: no i i mean look man i have notes um i liked the episode um i don't know if i liked the way they did the ending of that uh i don't listen i think my overall problem with star trek strange new worlds is I don't, it doesn't have to be Mabenga. It doesn't have to be Uhura. Uh, they're trying a little too hard to use character names that we once used in new stuff. Um, my problem with that episode was I think I would have liked them to be some form of forgiving, if not best friends at the end. To be honest with you, I'm glad you guys explained the ending because. I really that ending happened so fast, I couldn't tell if Mabenga killed him. Who started the fight? Uh, it was confusing to me. Uh, actually, that's the right way to put it. I thought it was just confusing to me, and I watched it twice. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I would have sure. liked to see a, a clearer resolution. And I didn't. I, I didn't think Mabenga had to go on the peace treaty tour with him, but this was a guy who was arguably a bit of a coward and using, I like the message of he was a killer who is now doing good things.
2: Right. And, so, and of course, uh, the interesting parallel is so is Mbinga, you know, I mean, he's like, yeah, I'm the butcher, you know, and it was just, I thought there were so many layers to that, but I know what you mean. You're de- You're definitely telling a very specific story if it's like, no, I'm not going to go on your tour with you. And if it ends more like, oh, let's do more sparring. And here's the moment where I could have killed you for real right now, but I'm actually not going to. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do yeah. it. But I, I, it connected with me the way that they, they chose to. Uh, yeah, no, it
3: connected. But, it was uh, powerful. I mean, listen, up until the last two minutes, that could have been my favorite episode. I just found the ending was I genuinely rewinded to see if I had gotten distracted by my phone or something.
2: No, what what Tom is uh, is is uh, pointing at is the fact that uh, if there had been songs in the last two minutes, but we'll get to that. Drexel, uh your thoughts on that, on that episode that we're speaking of, episode eight.
0: Well, I mean, I think the original question was which episode would be like the best. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, so so somehow we got it.
2: I presented first. Yeah. So we're each talking about that one. And then we'll boomerang back. So you're, you're going to go I next, see. actually, with your favorite. Yes. But I wanted to get your say, thoughts on this episode.
0: I will say something that I, I agree with what Tom was saying. Um, the, the whole storyline gave me Half-Blood Prince vibes. You know, Professor, you know, Professor Snape being the half-blood prince at the end, Imbanga being the butcher at the end, but there were some cowardly things that were happening where it all could have, like I was like, oh, okay, so we got a little swit, a bait and switch in there at some point. Um, I thought it was a well done episode. I, you know, being a military kid, love any episode where we do see um, some, um, de- not only. De- engagement but a diplomacy in action i love that about star trek um i wish to tom's point that it would have just we that wouldn't have been a bait and switch it would have just made more sense had he just been the guy that we thought he was the whole time i don't i don't like part of the problem with and i'm part of the problem with a lot of these episodes is that they they're trying to throw too much at us at one time because there's only 10 episodes and things get really um, uh, kitschy and 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 gimmicky. Um, just like we, just like the crossover in lower decks, like the, You know, like I loved it, but like things like you don't have to throw everything at one time. Like Imbanga didn't need a story. He, we already knew. Like if they were trying to wrap up or continue, we would already known his clean-on past. We had yep. already known it. And they didn't need to like hammer it over the head again by making him the butcher. He was already a part of that. Uh, we they didn't need to give him a name, um, yeah. but I just thought the episode was great. I thought it was well done and, and um, you know, that's my thoughts on that.
2: Well, and now the boomerang does swing back. So what was your favorite episode of season two Drexel?
0: Oh my gosh. You know, this goes back to my tattoo piece. And I said, I was going to expand on that. Uh, episode two at Astra per Astra.
2: I know, and, and and by the way, just okay. to interject, you texted me after that, and I didn't see it for like a month because I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I let's just say I've had a crazy summer, and uh, some someday on the show I'll catch uh, I'll catch people up on it. Uh, and I was like, I was like, oh, I'll write back to Drexel after I'd seen it, and I'm like, oh my god, it was so long after I saw it. But so that's the uh, that's number one's uh, trial is that episode yes. correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah,
0: that was an episode that I watched twice because it, I thought it was so well done. And, and I think I've said this um, when I was last on with you, Christian, just about like why I love Star Trek, um, because it, it embodies what, you know, so many things that we wish the world was like. So, so you know, where we're constantly, um, you know, being a part of communities and communities are coming together and we're learning about so many different people. And, and then we always end up with a resolution that makes sense. And I thought that, you know, Una's arc, you know, uh, being a Valerian, you know, that whole thing, understanding why she left, understanding that backstory, and then having the lawyer just barrel through this whole thing. Um, I just thought it was just a well done. Actually, I think I teared up during her last speech because it was so well written and so well done. And I was like, man, that is good stuff. That is is Star Trek right there. I get... Give me all the war stuff all day. Give me all the other stuff. But if you just give me classic, clean, this is why Star Trek, this is why we love the universe so much because we get to learn about so many different people. And they're going to protect their own at the, – they're going to protect their crew and all, and all their people at the same time while at the same time learning about other people.
2: Yeah.
0: It, I mean, you just can't get any better than that.
2: No. And I mean, and it's a, it's a perfect example for what I said when we started is just how ambitious this season was the, this episode, sorry, this season wore so many hats. It's so many different kinds of shows and it's very easy for that to not work and to not feel like the same show. But uh, I think You know, as long as you uh, space your stories out and, you know, you don't go from legal drama to wacky half animated farce followed by, you know, musical, uh, I, I, you know, and and we can touch on all of those and we will. Uh, But I agree that that one was uh, incredibly well done. And uh, the uh, the the lawyer who actively disliked Una and still defended her is sort of one of those 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 great uh, interactions you can have in sort of a, you know, a- any kind of legal drama of any kind, Tom, I want to know what your favorite episode was from season two.
3: Well, I have strong feelings about, I actually, so I hate, uh, just, can I follow up on what you just talked about? Uh, the, the Please. whole, and I, just, I love the pieces of the episode. I didn't love the Una. I think this is my overall problem with the show is I want to be told what we're supposed to think a little bit like, uh, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of we should be careful with genetic engineering because you could edit out minorities. You can edit out people with handicaps. Like I love the next generation episode where Jordy's eye visor was the save the planet. Now, suddenly we love genetic engineering. I I'm confused by the, the moral of that episode. And you know, I kind of liked Una better when she was just a, a tough woman. And also the, my problem with that episode was they never showed what made those genetically engineered people better or worse or why Federation people would judge a genetically engineered person. What they're more resistant to right. COVID. And uh, let me and, just I,
2: interject I, and and that's sort of the the Star Trek thing about it. Is it's like, you know, they're not super strong like Khan, not necessarily anyway. We don't actually know. And I think if they were to explore that in the future that would help i agree it is like oh, i wonder what it is but they were also at least for that episode it actually didn't matter she you know, can turn but, blue and shapeshift in anybody she wants no no no, no. and and she and oh. could and she can oh. marry and she can marry uncle jesse from yeah. full house but i think you're getting your universes confused yeah <laughs> oh, because okay.
3: she marries the guy from the talk yeah get over it. oh and, yeah, yeah. She,
2: right jerry o'connell as well yeah um, exactly so yeah you got to You gotta stay. You gotta stay on target, uh, Jason. Yeah, but I
3: I did like that episode. That what I liked about this season was everything you just said you hated about it is I liked the standalone nature of it. If they came up with a bad idea, I knew it would be over by next week. So I really don't (laughs) love. (laughs) Yeah, like I don't love the Una genetically engineered plot. I really don't, and it was over by the end of it. I mean, I like going. And I liked taking the ride for only an hour. It wasn't my cup of tea, but it was over after an hour. My favorite episode is the Lower Decks crossover. Uh, It embodied, and it's funny, I can detach more for as upset as your fans know I was about Picard. uh, I can tell you honestly what I like about, I, I can detach on that episode is it was part farce uh, but it was also part, it captured the magic of what I love about Star Trek. And like uh, there's a, for uh, Jason and Drexel, I once met Leonard Nimoy and I swear, I'm, I'm not going to be that crazy guy saying it, but the Boimler Spock live long and prosper scene, I did on air on the view and I'll send you the clip later. I, the,
2: I, I've seen the clip. You're hundred percent right. And Tom, I want you to know. I did think of you in, in you, that yeah. moment, but already in the episode, you know, I was just like, "Oh, this is like if if Tom fell out of that that board." Yeah, I mean, and it
3: was, you know, actually, and that's a great way to put it. Now, if we if if that episode that episode was if any of us wound up on the Enterprise, now were any of us that starstruck by the Pike era people, probably not. Yeah, no. uh, but it was, and honestly, it was an okay sci fi plot. Don't uh, don't racially profile people with the Orions. Uh, don't uh, uh, And then it just had good, clean fun. It had a dumb ending that I didn't necessarily love uh, or not dumb. It was easy. It was easy. It was fun it made me think just a little bit on one or two things you know like don't pr- don't assume all Germans are prompt I don't know pick your <laughs> pick your stereotype uh <laughs> you know uh but whatever it is it was yeah it was a sweet episode uh and then uh yeah that was my absolute favorite by far and you know what I liked about it too it was over. If it was, <laughs> But if it were 10 episodes of it, I'd be angry uh, like the, you know, you know, I mean, you're right. I, I mean, look, a real Star Trek fan could nitpick it. Why are they animated here? Why are they not? Listen, there's an I know there are guys on message boards right now going. That, oh, oh, does this mean they're in the prime universe? I don't know. You know, yeah. let's put that on the side. Uh, it was a nice one hour. I watched it three times, twice by myself. And once while visiting a buddy of mine and his kids, and it was a it was an episode that the whole family could watch together. And I don't think we've done that with Star Trek in a while.
0: I I, I, I know Jason mentioned you know his son loves Lower Decks. Like I actually haven't watched Lower Decks, so 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 I don't you know I know I said there was like kitschy, kitschy things that were happening and gimmicky things. Like I loved the Lower Decks episode a crossover, especially the throwback to the whole portal piece of it like those are things that we've known we've seen before and like i, I the, the history of all of that made a whole lot of sense to me I, it's just like when you get it, it almost was like um you know very who framed roger rabbit when the when the yeah. you know when you've got the the, the or, or space jam it was like okay like yeah people crossing over into toontown and or vice versa yeah. is a little is a little. I mean, you can't get weird in Star Trek because
2: it is what it
0: is.
1: Tom, do you watch Lower Decks? Do you watch Lower I,
0: Decks? I, it's
3: funny. I think it was this podcast that helped me enjoy it. I thoroughly hated it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of detached from it. And again, once I treated it like a comedy and fan fiction, mm-hmm. I loved it. And honestly... It's true to Star Trek. Uh, I I mean, actually, my my great joke on this podcast that'll never work anywhere but this podcast was when Gene Roddenberry first came up with uh, Star Trek, he dreamed of showing black women in positions of power. Uh, Sadly, uh, that is on the two worst Star Trek series ever. Discovery and uh, Lower Decks was the joke at the time. And, (laughs) and but it does, it embraces... You know, it's self-referential, it's goofy, it's like, honestly, a lot of what's out in Star Trek right now is stuff I did in summer camp when I was 12, Uh, but, you know, like, honestly, Star Trek Legacy, my summer camp buddies and I did a weird, like, TV movie, a VHS movie, where we found the Starship Enterprise in a park, you know,
2: but that's uh, also by the way tom yeah. summer camp was basically a week-long pawn far i think it's important to <laughs> uh to describe there uh but finish your thought i'm sorry no Jason, i was just ahead.
1: i'm surprised that they liked it so much because if you, most of the humor even though it was uh a strange new worlds episode it was really a lower decks episode the 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 type of humor they were making fun of themselves like one of the things where they're like when they're talking to each other like you know how they talk so slow here like 100 years ago? Is that so normal? It's because they talk so fast on Lower Decks because they're on, uncom- yeah. you know, and so they're basically making fun of the fact that on Lower Decks, they talk super, super fast. And it's like, well, if you don't watch Lower Decks, would you really get that? And so I'm surprised that you guys liked it so much not having watched Lower Decks. Well, well I think they
3: showed, and and that's what I think made the episode brilliant is they showed enough of the animation for you to get it. You got who it was. Right. Uh, you got that Tawny Newsom was the get in trouble and sin or whatever, or lieutenant, whatever rank she was. She was the head of it. You know, you got that Boimler was starstruck and sentimental uh, and yearning for stuff he read in the books. And you got enough from uh, Tandy uh, that, all right, where you know, Orion's endured some form of racism in the 24th yeah. and 23rd century. Mm-hmm. It was just enough, uh, you know, like it was long for a cold open, but it was just enough that you went into their world and it was just short enough that you got out. I'll tell you two things that helped is uh, um, Jack, what's the name of the guy who's the Boimler? Quaid. Jack, Jack Quaid. 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 Listen it
1: Quaid's son.
3: It helps that Jack Quaid and Tawny Newsom are gorgeous, you know, and they look like their characters enough. Yes. Uh, I'll be, you know, listen, Tawny Newsome on Space Force, I have a crush on. And actually, if you follow her feet, apparently she does stand up too. I have not really figured out where, uh, but yeah, I liked it. And I thought they kept, you know, they were into it. You know, and is a badass, you know, okay. That was cute. Okay. And you know what, you know what I liked about her? Like, like, it's funny. I always feel like her is a little, I love the actress. I love that they're trying to do something to character, but I hate that they're jamming in Uhura. Um, But what I liked about them crushing on Uhura was we know Ahura and spock had rich histories beyond that episode whereas you're right nobody really knows what the hell La- An nunyan singh is doing uh in three years from now
2: right and uh you know they also uh would clearly i, I was uh, i was just slightly surprised that there wasn't a, any reaction at all to uh, her surname so i have spoken about lower decks many times on this show I have tried to watch it. I've watched several episodes. I have gone back and I have tried to watch it. And uh, Drexel, as I was saying to you earlier today, it comes down to, I guess, at heart, I'm really Vulcan. And when it comes to Star Trek, I don't like hijinks. Lower <laughs> Decks is all hijinks. I'm not interested in hijinks. <sighs> I don't. I don't. I don't want. You know. I don't. I don't love the animated style. Uh, I. I. I was very. I actually really like this episode though. However, I don't really like Lower Decks. It didn't, you know, It see again, here's the trick. I'm going to go try and watch it again. Mostly because I love their season three posters of recreation of the search for search for spot poster. But um, I think it worked really well. Um, I think that uh, they did look very much like the, like their animated characters. Although let's be honest, um, Jack Quaid looked good 10, 15 years older than, than I thought his character was. But that's all right. We move on. It's the future. (laughs) <laughs> he's, a, he's a Quaid he's a, he's a Quaid, that's a great point point. Yeah. yeah. Meg Ryan, <laughs> genus- and look <laughs> Don't forget, Randy's got some of that DNA too So, you know, the Quaid DNA goes a lot of different directions But um, I, I did like this episode um, I I was, uh, for our visual audience You can see I've got it as my background now I did like the animated sequence at the end And they tried to at least explain it Like, boy, we drank something You know, so they didn't just have it wacky uh, but, um, I thought it did work really well. I think that yes, Jason, to your point, it is very like referential of lower decks, but it's in the way of like, yeah, but how would we act if we were on even this enterprise where, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, it's a, the guy from the men- the menagerie who blinks twice, you know? Uh, so it's still like, but yeah, you know, we're two seasons in, I'm glad they didn't do this in the first season. You know, I think we know these characters better. I do think that that episode was was a lot of fun, and um, there was only a little bit of hijinks in that episode. Lower decks, in and of itself, nothing but wall to wall hijinks. But that episode, the jinks were kept particularly low. And there is a hijinks episode in this season that I will talk about as uh, as far and away my least favorite. I do want to let Jason talk, but uh, Tom has uh, he, Tom's holding the talking stick. By the way, so. I, I just raising my hand for one second. Every time there's
3: a Spock and to Pring episode, it feels like an episode of Three's Company. I just want to get that
2: out. Well, they do they, to the extent that they bring the ropers in, you know. And and Stanley is very approached, but, it, you know, but uh, his wife, by the way, whenever he stays up late and pops in, uh, hello, Craig Robinson from across the pond. Thank you for staying up late. Uh, I'm uh, so glad that uh, you're with us where it's uh, almost 10 o'clock in the UK, unless I'm mistaken. So thank you, sir. Um, but Jason, uh, yeah. you uh, your thoughts on that episode and then let's uh, move towards your favorite. Yeah, I like if it. it. If it's not that episode.
1: No, it's not that episode, but I was happy to see that they had the bug sucking on the nacelle like they do with the opening of Lower Decks. That was a nice touch that they did that. Um, No, so my favorite episode, and we'll get a lot of eye rolls, but I think it really plays into what Tom is saying, is the musical episode. Is because because I like that they take chances, and it's, it's an episodic television. And it doesn't <laughs> all have to be the same from week to week. And that's what I, I used to love the show Psych. I don't know if you ever watched that, but it's like they'd have a, a episode where it's our Western episode and then it's our spelling bee episode and they're all like different. And that's what I loved about Strange New Worlds is we've gotten so much into these season long arcs. Season, you know, everything has to have the same feel the whole season through and they can go from, a funny episode to a silly episode to a very serious episode i mean having the mbinga episode in between the cartoon and the musical i mean obviously i think they did that on purpose but it shows that we don't need it all to be you know great and and to everybody's liking and that's what i love about it and that they took the risk because there's been rumors of doing Star Trek as a musical on Broadway for decades. And I mean, they, once again, going back, there's stories of Brandon Braga saying they wanted to do like a, a musical episode of Deep Space Nine. And, and it, you know, it got shot down by the studio. So it's like, let's do it. See if we can fit it in. Yes, it'll be silly, but it'll be fun and it'll be different. Uh, Ethan Peck had that auto tune all the way up. He could not sing at all, but I mean, there are some really good singers on the show. And so to me, it was entertaining and, you know, at least they had some sort of semi plausible explanation for what's going on. Because if you think about all the time travel and all the other stuff that happens, it's really no more silly than a lot of the stuff that we just take for granted in Star Trek. So why not take the risk and kudos for them for doing it.
3: The best thing I liked out of what Jason just said was, the nice thing about Star Trek this year is they realize it doesn't have to all be great.
1: <laughs> well, for wow. indivi- individual people, I mean, that's a, for people like me, I'm into music. I, I like to hear the people singing. I, I thought it was actually very funny when you've got Anson Mount being like, why are we singing? Why? I mean, they're like referencing yeah. why this is so silly. You know, it's not just like, oh, we're, you know that old norm macdonald sketch on saturday night live where they were That's a West Side exactly story. what i was about to
2: reference is like wait, wait because he was the only one not singing yeah right I, he's think, like, I think robert Downey jr hosted that episode yeah yeah right
1: yeah and he's like well, everybody's just singing and they know what to sing and I mean, they actually made that a point like how do we know what we're all singing so i did like that i thought i thought it was really yeah. fun um, and by the way the yeah. idea
2: of a star trek musical i have been spending the last 2 minutes looking for this i remember Uh, a mad magazine that uh, this came out uh, probably the year I was born. But I remember seeing it as as, like at a used bookstore and buying the Star Trek musical episode of Mad Magazine. And uh, uh, so that idea has been out there for a while. And uh, Jason, I agree. It is a huge swing to try and do that, especially with a property that is as well established and as particular as Star Trek is. But I was going to mention uh, that Not only is Jason a fantastic singer, not only does Jason know his way around karaoke, but Jason released an album that I do have actually Mm -hmm. out of my office. If I had it nearby, if I'd thought about it, I would hold up the CD right now. Um, But uh, and and Jason, uh, I, I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but let's just say at one point in your life, maybe a long time ago uh your your singing was not welcome at a place you worked or at least by one employer. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So I mean, you know a place
1: that appreciates my singing. So yeah,
2: right. And and that is my lesson to everybody out there. Find a place that appreciates the song in your heart. Mm-hmm. So um,
3: go ahead, Tom. No, I just went through the whole hour hoping to hear this.
2: You have that loaded on novelty. your board. Yeah, uh, I remember that that novelty song. I remember that from uh, Dr. Demento, the Star Trek and um so here's the thing about the musical episode for me and uh, that started my text uh, chain with Drexel this morning is that I actually didn't watch the finale last night. Because of the fact that I'm like I, I I gotta walk away for a little bit yeah so there's a midpoint in that episode it, uh, it, it uh, uh, me- uh Subspace Rhapsody episode nine and I'm sorry what were we gonna say Tom no 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 it took me three
3: uh, it took me three tries to get through it like Fair. I got ten minutes through to, I, yeah. I mean I'm, uh, I love it and you know what I love but uh, you know what I found heartbreaking and I guess it's a sign I don't consume enough media. Is what Buffy has done a musical episode? Psych Correct. has done a musical episode. Who else has done a musical episode?
2: Uh, there was an episode of Fringe that they sort of seemed to have abandoned the musical portion at some point, but there's still songs in it. So it's uh, it's it was definitely a little clunky, but yeah, people love that uh, Buffy episode. Uh, that's a musical. I I will say that I've actually never seen that one. And apparently, that's
1: a, there was a joke in the Star Trek episode that I didn't get, but I caught it on social media where they say, are we all going to turn into bunnies? And like, I didn't know what that meant, but it's a reference to that episode of the vampire slayer.
2: So there's a, so there's a point in the middle of the episode where there had been several songs and I'm like, Oh, I hate this. And I actively passionately dislike this. And, uh, Tom, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Ron Mata, had posted when he watched, and I tried to get him uh, on, but he's uh, he's busy working in the middle of the day. But uh, we'll we'll try and catch up with him on the show at some point. I think also but,
1: going through social media was my favorite part about the episode because oh, sure. there were so many people that hated it who just yeah. were exploding, well, and I was like, I, I was r- reveling in it. So. Ron is
2: someone who loves, celebrates, and to this day still participates in musical theater. And uh, when he had a problem with it, I was like, oh, so here's. My my point, though, that's the middle of the episode. When we got to the Nurse Chapel song, I was like, I, I want to continue hating this, but I didn't hate that. I liked that. Uh, Uhura has the solo song that I think is actually really well done, and it helps her story. And the reason it helps is it's just her, and then that one is supposed to be a big one. Two characters singing to each other, that was driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever made the decision to not have Laon and Jim Kirk sing to each other and just have that conversation, you know, like if he's singing like, well, her name is Carol. She's on the star base and she's pregnant. I would be like, Oh, come on. So whoever decided to not sing that scene, Keep your job for season three. You earned it. Well, uh, I knew Ohura would be a
1: good singer because I think she was on Broadway. What really blew me away was how good Laon is as a, as a singer. She yeah, she was, has an
3: album. I, her, I her on Twitter.
1: stunningly good. I thought the
2: Rebecca right, raise, it, raise your hand if you're was, shocked that Tom okay. follows Laon on Twitter.
3: Yeah, I unfollowed yeah. her too. It was just kind of like whatever. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> I followed her after the musical. Epi-
0: I unfollowed her after the musical. Yeah, she
1: episode. was good. I was like, "Wow, she can really sing." So
0: yeah. Well, yeah, was, go ahead, I, Drexel. I, I first of all, I come from musical theater, so I, I appreciate a good musical. Anything except this. Like, I appreciated this episode.
3: <laughs> I love all musical except this. Except this.
0: Um. I appreciated it for what it was, and I see how people, you know, loved loved hated it. They had a love hate relationship with it. Um, the best song was the opening credits um, because if you re- if you they sung the opening credits, did they? Yes. I, actually, yeah.
2: I actually skipped it. But I had I no idea until, you, I, until you just said that because I I was, was trying to get through a few episodes at once. So I actually the one skipped it. I didn't even see that. The
1: really, thing that Strange New Worlds has really let me down on, and I think we even talked about this on our season one recap, is their theme song is utterly forgettable. It's a yeah. terrible theme song. There's no melody to it at all. It's just like da-da-da. Da, 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 yeah. da, well it's none.
3: a remix of the old Star Trek theme. If you hear the
1: at the end they do that a little bit, but it, it needs a better theme song.
2: But let's but. also keep in mind that we can never criticize the opening credits of a Star Trek series after Enterprise. It is not possible, you know, unless they get like another sound-alike. The yeah, they get another sound-alike Creed song. <laughs> That will be the time to uh, get from yeah. there to here. Yeah.
3: You actually, dude, you're actually really good at it. That Jason, I,
2: I, Jason. And Jason's not even singing his Michael Jackson songs. No. I, you I mean, have no idea. Mean, you have no idea the talent up in that corner box, Tom. But I, but I, everybody's, I, everybody's trying to talk at once. Uh, Drexel, finish your thought. And no, then Tom. Saying
0: if, you, if you listen to the, if you go, if you're on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you listen to, um there's an open opening sequence version and they in the episode and they're singing that that said they they did not use the one person who they should have used the most in this episode who was a broadway legend and that is carol kane there is no reason as to why carol kane I-
2: I thought of one reason after you texted that to me, she may have not wanted to because oh. you, you know, her, her voice is a little weaker than it was even in like sure. Scrooge. She doesn't sound like she did on taxi, you know? So, yeah. but I agree considering uh, the aforementioned auto tune, she does have a couple of lines in in a, a couple different places, but she is definitely somebody that I think we were invested in enough as a character that we yeah. could, they could have, given her, maybe not a whole song, but she could have sang like a verse. I do agree yeah. with you on that, by the way. I would have loved to have seen it. But my practical thinking was that perhaps she didn't want to sing too much, you know? You and, know uh, Brent
1: Spiner was just trying to figure out a way to get a Sung who was alive at that point onto the show. You know, Dickie Sung coming out of nowhere to just sing a song, Old Yellow Eyes is Back. Ah. I, anyway, I have that CD, by the drensel. way. Go you hold the yellow back.
0: I just wanted to make the Carol Kane point and then the yeah. opening the opening yeah. number point. I thought the worst song, and I know somebody just mentioned the clean-on song in the chat. Oh, but like yeah. I thought the clean-on song was just I mean, well they could have just I mean
2: you wanna you wanna you wanna know what the On song was? <laughs> it was antics. Yeah we went and crammed some antics into a show that was already filled with musical antics. Uh, I know I've, uh, I've, I've fallen a little behind on the chat. Uh, so, uh, before we move on to another episode, uh, T L stock says, it seems to me there could be a little more congruity between the episodes, but I go back a ways with this franchise, not hating it all. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, somebody, uh, sent the meme and I, I should have grabbed it. It was like a, it was like a cover, one of the old paperback star Trek books. And it was, uh, it was Jim Kirk. And the title of the book is. It was Pike looking at him and saying, "Why the hell are you always on my ship?" And there was a lot of Jim Kirk this Too season. Jim Kirk, unnecessary, yeah. all uh, of it. Uh, and and I think that uh, you know, I, I I I you know, it was like, ah, remember you still owe me that drink. I'm like, I know that was two weeks ago. We know, Jim. Thanks. Um, and uh, Dominica Saxon. I watched some lower decks. Didn't care for it, but not really into cartoons except Fritz the Cat. <laughs> You know, Dominica Saxon, at least you're consistent. You know that's what uh, that's that's what I like to see. Uh, TL Stock also never got into lower decks. Uh, I'm a stickler with animation. Uh, yeah, I mean you have to appreciate the Family Guy, Adult Swim, that sort of style of animation. Um, but uh, I know what I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, William Walton. I was reading the other day that it was originally supposed to be Picard that got a musical episode, not Strange in World. I find that incredibly hard to believe, sir. I'm not calling you a liar. I bet that somebody wrote that somewhere, but I, I, uh, Oh no, I can't. I, I, you know what? I'm not even gonna let my brain go there. Um, because, uh, yeah. And then Craig says, I think we had a lucky escape there, William, a ballad from Jean-Luc and son. Not sure it would have hit the say. I, yeah. I mean, I, there was I, a
1: track on Old Yellow Eyes' back where Brent had Jonathan Franks, uh, Brent Spiner, uh, I mean, Michael Dorn, LeVar Burton, Patrick Stewart singing with him. It's yeah. the roughest, roughest song
2: on the album. So, I'm, uh, yeah. and by the way, Craig Robinson does remind me that Scrubs did a musical episode, and that was only a half hour show. And uh, one of the songs was actually pretty funny, uh, but uh, the there's the a JD and Turk song about how they're best friends. Uh, but uh, yeah, I didn't love that either. I I, I typically when I see there's going to be a musical episode, a lot of people get excited about those kind of things. Uh, but Craig was the one uh, Drexel who liked the Klingon song. He thought it was a nice touch. Oh, no, I he, didn't
0: want to. I didn't. Wanna... What
2: I thought would have worked for the Klingons to do something musical. Would have been if it was like thrash metal, like Slayer or something, because they're so angry. I think that would have been like, okay, yeah, that tracks, you know, that that's how they process their emotions. But I guess they instead wanted to be like, I don't know, this is this is who they all are. uh, I mean, at this point, they should
0: have just had the Gorn a part of the episode. I mean, the Gorn, the little the little the little dinosaurs dinosaurs could have been out there singing.
2: Uh. You know, it, 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 yeah, it would have been uh, like uh, Spaceballs, the you know the the one that pops uh, out. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> you
3: know what? I if, if we're going to do one last thing on the musical episode, what I Please. wanted and was hoping for, because uh, was for the credits, the opening credits. Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics to Alexander Courage's theme, and it turned yes. into a twenty-five-year lawsuit. Where for years, every time you heard any of the music from the opening of Star Trek, Roddenberry got a nickel, too, even though the dime should have gone to Alexander Courage's estate. And I was really hoping they were going to sing
2: those lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I pulled it,
3: it like and I'll sing it now, though. I feel like Jason do. To do a better job. Beyond the rim of starlight, my love is wandering in star flight. I know he'll find star-clustered reaches. Love, strange love, a star teaches. I know his journey ends. Never his Star Trek will go on forever, but tell him... While he wanders his starry sea, remember, remember me.
2: His now, where was that in the episode? So, here's the thing. I don't, don't want to go Miss down the rabbit. I don't want to go to the down the rabbit hole. But uh, that was also done for the uh, the theme song to The Odd Couple, which everybody knows the music to. That Really? The lyrics were written because the uh, I've, I'm actually it's not Neil Simon. Uh, I'm not sure, but somebody was like, "Well, I want to get the publishing on that song." So, you know, a bad example would be MASH because the MASH theme has lyrics in the movie. So that's like legitimately you have to, you know, everybody shares in that. But these were two instances, Star Trek and The Odd Couple, where the lyrics were written solely Uh, so that they could steal some royalties from the person who uh, actually deserves it. Now, I'm going to put up a comment from the cut of the jib, but I do have to say, and Jason will uh, understand the phrase, the cut of the jib, so you'll know what uh, this gent is a fan of. Um, We don't advocate uh, any kind of self-harm here. And uh, while I would say nine and a half times out of ten, it's not a laughing matter, however... Musical episodes make me want to go into my garage, close the door, and start the engine and take a nap. So, cut of the jib, I think, is firmly against. It the... sounds
0: like cut of the jib loved the music. <laughs>
2: but <laughs> what I'm saying is, I
1: love episodic television. We've gone too far to these season-long arcs.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Wow. You know what I love about it a jib? I had an aunt say that exact sentence about how she's going to offer herself at a Thanksgiving when I was a kid. So I just had a childhood uh, you memory can, there, too. You can, wow.
2: You can find that on the no Tom Kelly show. That'll be on an upcoming episode. Yeah. All right. William Walton, I didn't want to dispute what you said, but, uh, you know, uh, to to uh, do due diligence and correct. Uh, so w- William Walton double checked it. Uh, the thing about Picard almost having a musical episode was in an interview with one of the showrunners of Strange New Worlds. I I never doubted that you read it, but if if one of the showrunners said it, um, I think that it whatever we thought about season three of Picard, we all would have liked it less if uh, they had uh, decided to do that. Uh, and uh, by the way, cut of the jib wants you to know I'm not your aunt, Tom. So I, I thought I,
0: I just I just I just didn't appreciate the fact that we got the lower decks episode. And the musical episode, and then something in between that. It just felt disconnected. Yeah. just, it was well, just
2: I, I, I do think they needed to not go from one into the other. And then, yeah. you know, putting that, I, the, the I war agree. episode in between just shows like, well, here's here's the versatile show this is. What were you gonna say, Tom?
3: No, because when I had uh, David Blass, uh, the production designer from Star Trek Picard on my podcast, the Tom Kelly show, by the way, it doesn't count as a plug. If you do it 45 minutes into another guy's podcast,
2: but when I have to say Tom Kelly show.com on the screen. So, you know, it's a constant plug. I'm good. Aren't I?
3: Anyway. uh, So back to me, Uh, (laughs) but he, no, but he had this big point, which is the problem with America right now is we haven't decided what kind of television we want to consume. When we watch star Trek, I want, something that stands alone every week. If I go away for three weeks, I want to be able to walk away. And that's what I loved about Strange New Worlds. What he argues that I feel is incorrectly, but apparently Drexel, who uh, (laughs) knows more because he has a Star Trek tattoo. uh, No, but Drexel Drexel just made a great point that there are people out there that want not just a one-hour episode anymore, but a few-episode experience, a flow, a playlist, if you will. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah. And, and that's, anyway, I don't have an answer to that. I don't even want to take a firm opinion. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of, I don't give a crap about the episode order. In fact, you know what I'd love even more nowadays and you can't really do that with this star Trek is I'd love to be able to skip around. I miss skipping around. A series. I,
2: I, I think that uh, they decided to have a few through lines. You know, you have uh, Pike's relationship, you have Spock and Chapel, so you yeah. can't do that. And uh, but maybe just in case somebody missed him, uh, you've got Jim Kirk always reminding Lon that uh, she owes him a drink, you know, Well, and and, no, and that was the one on the like, here's the problem. If you wanted
3: to skip the musical episode uh, and you oh, did, and I wanted
2: to, By the way, I wanted to, but I knew and I that- couldn't.
3: And they dropped a heavy bomb that I thought they were going to follow up on and they didn't, Uh, you know, like, oh, uh, I knocked up my girlfriend, uh, Carol, that was dropped in the middle of an episode that I was very comfortable skipping. You know, and so I, I don't love, I don't want a playlist anymore, or, or I don't know, uh, yeah, but whatever it is, that Jim Kirk guy has got to go. It, I, is, I,
1: it is very interesting how the Lower Decks episode. You'd think it would be like a throwaway, but it really kind of wraps up I was of a lot of the Chapel uh, Spock stuff because you've got Boimler letting her know that you know, you know, in the future Spock's going to go Spock back. to Spock has to, his to Vulcan, stop being so, so
2: emotional. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he's not going to be, you know. I think I think she had her hopes up that he was going to embrace his human side, become more human and loving. And then Boimler Tom's basically working blew on that some up. tech.
2: I think Tom, uh, I think, uh, lost, uh, lost hearing us, but anyway, yeah. yeah, no. So that the, the lower decks episode was definitely significant because of that moment. And the, uh, the musical episode is important, you know, from, from a Canon perspective, because obviously we talk about Carol Marcus in there and, uh, the fact that uh, you know that there's there's David as well. Now I'm going to bring Tom back. Tom, are you hearing us now? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm okay. sorry about that. That's all right.
0: Uh, uh, UHudah wasn't
2: working properly. Yeah. Like,
0: he, <laughs> <he's> <laughs> somehow,
2: <laughs> somehow, Tom's uh, Alexa decided to close hailing frequencies. With, yeah, uh, we never do here on the show. Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, if yeah. Somebody
0: made the comment earlier about um, about congruity th- throughout the show. Yeah. Uh, T.J. And, Stock
2: or T.L. Stock.
0: Sorry. TL. Yeah, so like that. And, you know, I love a good through line. I think we love about Star Trek is that like um, you don't have to miss it. You can miss an episode and then follow back up. I think the recaps at the beginning are also very good. I thought that the like the Lower Decks episode in the in the musical episode could have been outside of the 10. Like they could have just been add ons you know, they didn't really need to be within the 10 because we only get a limited time. And one of the things that I mentioned to Christian earlier is like, especially with the writer's strike going on and of course you want to support the writers, of course we want to support WGA and SAG-AFTRA uh, and all those folks in our, in our our um, in our community. But we're not going to get another Star no. Trek. Based on what's happening right now, we're not going to get another Star Trek Strange New Worlds Probably until like twenty five, twenty six.
1: That's the thing. You guys are all in like California, uh, Hollywood. Uh, not you know. I mean, you're. It, that's around you. Where I live, like nobody cares about this strike. The moment it got real was when the to be continued
2: came up. on That's, that's the first that's time a, it impacted Jason's that's life. The first in, time. That, that, yeah. Before that, all I ever
1: thought is, oh, man, Christian's wife is a writer. I hope he's OK. But other than that, it never entered my mind as until. As
0: soon as that to be, be continued. continued went up. I went. Yeah,
2: man, man, I, I, went I know. Up. And it's it like continued for a little while. It is going to be continued and continued and continued. Um, I I do want to talk about uh, the finale. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I did uh, mention earlier that I do want to talk about my least favorite episode of the season. It's either five or six. It's charades. The topring episodes drive me crazy. I do agree. Tom they you nailed it me when you said for a different when, reason. When when Tom, but yeah, but Tom, when you said it's like an it's like an episode of Three's Company. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Acknowledging that you don't like antics in the earlier episode doesn't free you up from having antics in it again. And uh, I like, Oh no, Spock stuck all human in some really convoluted way. That doesn't make any sense. And uh, Oh, but he can touch the hot teapot. Uh, that was my least favorite episode. So I was just like, um, look, can we take season three off from to pring, you know, no. bring her back in season four. I know you love her, Jason. I right? need more to bring. I, I know you do. I know you do. Wait,
1: why,
3: why did you like her? Jason Blair?
1: Oh,
2: why I mean, have I you like seen her? her? Well, but yeah.
3: I mean, did you like the, I actually liked the first to pring episode.
2: It was okay.
3: Think, it was fine. But again, it was okay. They didn't yeah. need to make it. A, they And I actually didn't mind. I actually, yeah, like again, they do things that are okay that we don't need to double down on and follow up on forever. And that was my thing is, you know what? One to pring was enough. I don't need like a three. I don't need to your point, the Vulcan ropers coming in and solving it
2: you know i don't know if 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 somebody wants to uh you know self-animate you take scripts from the threes company spin off the ropers but then put to pring's parents in those situations uh i'll watch that all day i would love to see that and look Let's be honest. Somebody just needs to do it as like a four-minute sketch, and uh, yeah, that's all that, that the, the concept will wear thin at that point. But I would love to see it. What were we going to say, Jason? Sorry. I think
1: our, our season one recap. We asked about what were the favorite things about season one, and I said to Pring because mm-hmm. she's for some reason Vulcan women being emotionally unavailable makes them hotter. Yeah. And then and then uh, Pike's hair. Those are the two things I have a major major crush on. And there were a lot less of both of those things in this season. So they, they, I, I have to say that his
2: hair was perfect every episode, though. It was, and it was but was I think Boimler's the, the, the one who mentioned it, right? He talked about like how yeah. impressive his hair is in person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are, are we
3: at the point where we're giving overall notes? Because I feel like we're winding down a bit. Well,
2: yeah. I, I do want to talk about the finale specifically. But I, this is a great time to hear some overall notes. And uh, we can oh, comment on like, those, yeah. Because one, you
3: you guys just had a powerful thought that had not occurred to me, which is there may never be a ending to the cliffhanger. There may not be a season three, and that will take a lot of the joy out of this for me. Uh, That said, what I kind of wanted out of the series that I'm not quite getting is the last few seconds of the Discovery episode with Pike, where that last scene where you saw number one in the helm, you saw Spock at the science station to the left. Pike was in the center seat. Uh, What I really wanted to see that I'm not getting, or it's becoming a little too wacky and silly, is I wanted to see less of a background cast and more of Pike and number one mentoring a young Spock. And what I don't like about them playing with existing characters is you know, it it does detract a little bit from Spock's 30 year journey with Nimoy playing him when you could say, well, wow, for a guy who looks like he didn't know how to experience feelings until after Star Trek, the motion picture, uh, God, you'd think that guy would be a little more well adjusted if he sang in a musical, you know, like it's (laughs) or had a day where he was half human. Like, I mean.
2: You, you 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 remember seeing him with the was it a guitar or ukulele in this side of paradise oh, you know? so he had no, he, yeah oh yeah yeah so he has his moments but i know what you're saying uh as you add on to the to the canon and the backstory and prequels uh you know you you do start to sometimes be borrowing from the future and it, it can sort of lessen uh, some of those moments. I I, yeah, I, I I don't know that I'm feeling that, but I can see the case that can be made for that. Yeah, I
3: find the series gets me angry enough when they get into fan service. Now, I don't mind them playing with the Gorn because then I would be saying, "Well, I never heard." If they created a new alien like we did in uh, Enterprise, I'd be saying, "Well, why didn't we talk about this on Star Trek: The Next Generation? Why are we talking about the uh, Suliban when you know whatever?" Uh, yeah. what why have I never heard uh, Captain Picard talk about the Sula Band? You know, fine. Um, I don't that is, like- that
2: is the voice I use when I read every tweet I've ever read of yours, by the way.
3: Tom yeah, I, I and it is. I do grok spock. i watched that <laughs> clip on TikTok <laughs> this week. Uh big ending to my thought here is I'd like it to be its own show. Um, I I think they're trying too hard with the guy who plays Kirk. He's not Kirk, he's a fine actor. He just uh He's uh, I find him to be borderline unlikable, which maybe that will be the 21st century interpretation of per- Kirk. I thought Chris Pine was a better Kirk than Shatner was in some ways. I thought he had the Kirk gravitas. Um, maybe the writing had him as being a little bit of a buffoon. Uh, this new guy, Paul Wesley, eh, you know, he's just like I, I mean, like. I wouldn't bang him in an elevator. If I were a green woman, I wouldn't hook up with him. You know, uh, Paul, well, that's because
2: you weren't a fan of the vampire diaries. Uh, my, is that what my, he was in? my, yes, my, my wife wandered into the room was like, Oh, I didn't know he's on this. I'm like, well, he's not really. And she's like, eh. I'm like, he plays so you, Kirk. You- and this is her understanding of star Trek. Well, if he plays Kirk, why is he not on this show? I'm like, you know what? I, I got to finish this episode. We'll talk later. <laughs> you know? God damn like, it,
3: you're supposed to be a writer. You're supposed to know these things.
2: (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, I think that uh, I I think that uh, the episode where Kirk worked the most was uh, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, uh, which I I, I do want to talk a little bit about because that I thought was a was a, a great episode. Uh, not just because they utilized their Toronto uh, shooting location instead of trying to pretend it was New York or something. I appreciate them <laughs> for that, but also, uh, you know, I think that was an that was an important episode uh, for Leo, for Laon character wise. Uh, that was the perfect way to give us him. You know, we popped into all. You know, uh, time got messed up, so then uh, we we had Kirk. And uh, this is what you were speaking episode... of earlier, Tom. Is there's Dana Carvey in his I Grox Spock shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, from why, from why a sketch would, that one of us thinks is really funny and the other one uh, does not, but we don't have time for that. What were you going to say, Jason?
1: Why w- th- there is no reason that Spock would exist in that reality if the Vulcan world and the Earth world never met and they were enemies, like Spock would not exist. But they still had to throw him in there.
3: So yeah,
2: no, look, it, it's not a it, yeah. I mean, I guess if he's all the, Vulcan and, and not half human, he's not really Spock. You, oh, I, I do agree. Um, But I thought that that one, you know, I knew before I saw it that it was like, oh, this is the city on the edge of forever episode, you know. And I mean, that's one of the best scripts, uh, despite despite how Harlan Ellison felt about the televised version. uh, I do think that that hour was fantastic. So I liked that one. I thought that it checked off a lot of boxes. I did like when you have a characters that that's old, that was a great spot for Carol Kane. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm going to know you in the future. Yeah. I know how old you are. I I like stuff like that. You know, it's like, I'm going to go find doc Brown back in the fifties, you know, because right. he'll try and help me figure it out. So, uh, there had a lot of, there was a lot of elements that I liked. Um, I thought, uh, seeing a, a young con, uh, in the room was, uh, was, you was- know, potentially horrifying. So I thought it was really well done. Right. Uh, so, um, it is I, well, I, whole, I, I, I want to stay on and, the topic of this. I got, I got to make a note because I don't want to forget about something. But what were you going to say, Jason?
1: Uh, it, it is that whole thing where people say, would you go back and kill baby Hitler? Ah, that, Yeah. You know, and that's like the whole thing. Like, would you do that? And it's like, yeah, you'd say you'd do that. But like, if you're sitting there looking at an eight year old kid, well, are you going to blast him in the face? Well, Jason,
3: no, but you could hire somebody <laughs> to kill
2: baby Hitler. But, <laughs> right. you know, I, I know what you're saying. I well,
3: my episode description that did not work as a TikTok and I deleted it was, would you kill baby Hitler? If he were your great great grandpa,
2: oh boy, that's how I describe. No, but that's what yeah, I, Tom. Tom, I don't know that you get TikTok. <laughs> it's supposed to be dancing, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Well, then the question you is, kill does, the baby time, or... does the time frame work like it does in Back to the Future or in like in-game? It's got that whole uh, oh, issue. Yeah, yeah, I
2: know. Can you kill your own uh, grandfather? Um I, I, Anyway, I think that that was, uh, again, we're talking about the versatility of the season and the different kinds of stories. But I want to get your uh, everybody's thoughts on that episode. Because, uh, you know, we're probably not going to touch on some of the other ones, but uh, uh, I want to know uh, what each of you think about that. Let me ask you, Drexel, uh, the the time travel alternate reality tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. What did you think of that story? I thought it
0: was a fun episode. I I think that they're over-utilizing La'an in, in the series. Um, I, I think she's just a character that's like, 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 like Tom said earlier, like, we're, you know, we're not, we're not going to, like, who is she later on? Like, she, she's not, you know, like, this is a prequel to, to, to Enterprise. We're, we're, we're starting, you know, they, they spend a lot of time in this season um, setting us up with, like I said at the beginning, with the characters that we know and meeting them and they're all meeting for the first time or whatever and how that goes down. But like for her to try and travel back and then to Kirk is like, what's the point of having a love story with Laan and Kirk? Like what? Like I don't, I don't, I don't see the real, like, what's the purpose of that? You know, and 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 she's a security officer, so like,
2: yeah, no, I, I think it, I, I think it. it... Sorry, I think it only exists for her to be like, oh, look, I opened up to somebody and then just to like, oh, and I finally talked to him about it. And then I got shot down because he knocked up his girlfriend. Uh, I agree, though. It, yeah. It's like they they use it basically for that reason. But uh, there's enough with her where I don't know that we needed her to. But to be fair, if he if you're going to suspend the disbelief that he looks like an actor from Vampire Diaries, if he is Jim Kirk, you feel like any woman that's in a – proximity of him for even 10 minutes is probably going to fall in love with him. I mean, that's the track record that I've seen anyway.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's fine. I, you know, and it's almost like, you know, with his brother, like, it's like which story of Jim Kirk do you want us to know about? Yeah. Right. And, and because we already know his history, yeah. We, don't need, we don't need new things to be made up about Jim Kirk throughout the story. No.
2: <laughs> Although, uh, by the way, the finale is when I was convinced that Sam Kirk was going to finally die uh, when he's like, oh, I'd like to go back down to the planet. I know I couldn't handle the Gorn last time. We'll talk about that episode in a moment. Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, so he's going to die. Uh, and still yeah. time, still time for Sam Kirk to pass on. Um, I, I, I think, uh, Tom, you haven't gotten to weigh in specifically on that episode. I don't know if you have any other uh, thoughts before well, uh I, I i have a specific thought and then i want to talk about the finale but uh what are what are you sitting on sir
3: well just the, the, somebody said this at the beginning of the podcast uh how much they love rebecca romaine as number one and that's one of my problems is i think there's so many characters and just uh you guys have just proven a point that was made earlier in a podcast is there's too many characters on a show that's only going 10 episodes and a lot of the onlines could have gone to Rebecca Romaine. There is no need to expand on Jim Kirk. You're right. We know he's the one guy we know enough about of yeah. in Star Trek. It's true. And yeah, and I, I secretly had a conspiracy theory that Rebecca Romaine only was paid. Like they couldn't afford Rebecca Romaine. So that's why they moved her station to the side. So uh, she'd be off camera. I, I'd love to see if that theory is correct maybe. or not.
2: I mean, maybe she asked for like, you know, one less day of shooting an episode. Maybe, you know, you might not be wrong about something like that.
3: There's something going on there. Um, And then listen, and it's the old thing of a lip service. You know, do I need it? Like, listen, there's a guy with the last Like we've used this joke in the podcast before. The New Jersey Hitler's Hitler had a nephew or a second cousin who lived in New Jersey and they changed their last name before 1940. You're telling me 50, you know, literally 200 years later, is someone going to have the last name Hitler? No, no. Yeah. We had a neighbor named Hitner. He was Jewish and we still called him a Nazi growing up.
2: You know, wow. I and mean, it was close to Hitler because it was close. I think, I th- I think you, uh, you, you get what I'm saying? Uh, you just you just have an anecdote from the Real Housewives of Massapequa, Tom. I'm
3: <laughs> sorry, I went, that was really into a sidetrack. But
1: I, I mean, I, I do agree with you that you know most of the episodes of, uh, of the series of Star Trek that we've watched, they have a cast of about seven characters. But you forget, I mean, the Next Generation was 26 episodes, and so you could have a couple Warf episodes and a couple
2: Troy episodes and a couple Doctor Crusher episodes. But you'd even, even go on d- to have O'Brien and Reg. Right. And Ensign row, you know, but, but you, you ten, can't do that with this show. With, yeah. yeah.
1: That it's, Go it's, ahead. it's too much with 10. I do like the runtime. Some of these episodes are like 70 minutes, like they're over yeah. an hour, which is kind of pretty epic, but 10 episodes is not enough to be spreading out stories because you're right. I want to see more Captain Pike. I want to see yeah, more sock enough, like... and, and Lon. Yeah. She's a great singer. She's a good looking lady, but like, you know, I don't need her to, you know, I don't need three,
2: four episodes dedicated her, to her. Her character is not that different from Una, where I'm convinced we right. need yeah. them both. I do. And I, I hadn't really thought that and still we talked about it. I'm like, you know, they are very similar and a lot of a lot of their lines could actually be interchangeable. Yep. Um my but, uh, favorite
3: line, my favorite la- online, actually, I needed to share this with real human beings for one second. In the Lower Decks crossover, they're like, and the old NX-01, it yeah, was a great little uh, Enterprise and, it had the grapplers. They don't care about grapplers. Then she just goes, I love grapplers.
2: I, I, I actually right. thought that was great. I love that she said I love grapplers. No, I and, know, and you know who I we've not even know. mentioned
1: this whole hour is Ortegas. I mean, it's like, okay, she has- a great pilot. She's a great pilot.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah but you know we've gotten a little bit more of her this year. I I agree but they haven't really delved into her. What were you going to say Drexel? I was going to say Tom if
0: who 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 was non-human that you shared that with. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you said, you. <laughs> you said you. <laughs> You said you wanted to share with humans, but who did Tom, you... You, you may not know this, but Tom is best friends with Tweaky from Battlestar Galactica. So he calls him up and he says, beaty hi, Tom. And then he tells him what he thinks about the latest uh, sci-fi. Well, I, yeah. That's right. Nobody expected to get a Tweaky drop here on this show.
3: I have four friends watching any anything Paramount Plus in real time, and they're all on this chat right now. End of and <laughs> who... Only pops into my world and then goes out.
1: The new Beavis and Butthead when they're old is amazing. I love that show. Oh I,
2: I've watched some of that. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, good. Exactly.
0: I, I I I um I think it's an important conversation. And like like Tom said at the beginning, maybe if the writers are watching this, you know, maybe they'll take some notes. But um, you know, what we loved about the first season and what we what we were given. Um, that was, what we were sold in the first season was Pike and Una. That's how we were sold this series, that that's who this was going to be about. And then it became very, it's like when, and I'm a big fan of the West Wing, it's one of my favorite television shows. And it's like when West Wing was being created, it was supposed to be about the president, or it wasn't supposed to be about the president, it was supposed to be about the, the staff. And then... You know, uh, you know, once they were like, oh, it's Martin Sheen, let's just make it equally about the president. And then some of the staff in, in that, like this is where second season of Strange New Worlds went, where it's like, okay, this is less about Pike and less about Una and more about these random characters. And that's fine if that's the way that you want to do it, but that's not how you sold it to us.
1: Well, I kept hearing all, like every review well how come we don't know pike oh he had a baby this year and so they scheduled things around him and it's like okay it's 10 episodes like i know you got to go up to Canada and film stuff but it's like is that what is it, that why there's less pike on this yeah that's all i heard like he literally said he had a baby that was supposed to be like right around the time of the second episode and so they're like yeah we'll just you know which actually makes me wonder if that tomorrow 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 a plot line was originally written for Anson Mount and then the idea is she comes back and she's working with the captain that she's slept with in another universe and it's all weird. That's fair, you know, but you know, I'm like they, they, they really couldn't schedule around his baby to shoot this a little more. Well, and get him in some more I mean,
2: you know, Jason, not everybody has all three of their babies at once. So uh, sometimes the, uh, I, and I can't imagine yeah. how difficult that must be when yeah, you have a lot of ones. Yeah. But uh, sometimes you got to take time for the baby. And then there's another one that shows up later. Woo! All of a sudden you're like, what happened to the last five years? But I know what you're saying. Right. Um, yeah, but I think. I felt like we got a good amount of him and I actually hadn't, hadn't heard that. Sometimes you get the feeling that like somebody must not have been available, you know? Um, but, uh, hopefully, uh, season three, we'll get more of him. I do want to talk about the finale before we wind up in about 10 minutes, but I made a note because I wanted to make sure we talked about something that was teased in season one and not a whiff in this season. Cybok. And uh, nothing yeah. about Cybok this year. And I was kind of excited to pull on that thread uh, from season one. And for whatever reason, we don't have Sarek. They said like, oh, the two of you aren't talking. So is that actor busy? And, you know, I, I don't I don't know that part of it. I should have looked it up. I, I kind of forgot. They just I want to wondering. feel
1: our pain of
2: not having Cybok. <laughs> Look, I, I, I want to give them another chance. I want to do over on, on Cybok, you know, uh, so far. But I mean, they teased it and I'm like, oh, that'll be so cool to kind of deal with it. And then it's like, nope. Um, anyway, um, any, if anybody has strong thoughts on Cybok, you can jump in. But let's, uh, you know, th- there are other episodes that uh, some I, I liked, uh, some not as much. The, the Lotus Eaters, which is the one where like, oh, I've got a headache and I can't remember who I am. It was OK, but it, that that's that's the kind of show I don't want this to be where the, it ends after an hour. And I'm like, oh, good. It's over. I'm like, no, I kind of like the ones that I think about. I like the fact that there is, even though I was mixed on the musical, I needed to think about it. I had to process it for a while. Um, that was very disposable. A couple of those episodes. But now we're stuck thinking about this finale for a very long time, uh, where once again, we deal with the Borg. And uh, the the two relationships of uh, two of our main leads come into play. You we deal get, with the uh, so,
0: the get the
2: The Gorn. Yeah, you yeah. Said the and Gorn. Yeah, yeah. No, oh. but you're
3: them. But, but you said Borg. But I thought you were making a point that I thought
0: you were making a point.
3: <laughs> well, I
2: was. I in my head, I was going to say this shows Borg, but then I, uh, yeah. So then I just tripped over it. But because the Gorn are lizards, and because the previous episode of the Black Cast is uh, an interview that I did. With Kenneth Johnson, who was the creator, the writer, director of the miniseries V, uh, so you can find that the previous episode before this one on the Black Cast on the audio feed. Uh, I have to uh, say that I did like the homage of the giant ship hovering over the the city, uh, very much uh, out of out of that series, uh, and uh, you know been uh, been swiped a number of times, most notably in Independence Day. But in any case. Um, I think that uh, I felt like that was a good episode, but man, it's like that second Spider Verse movie. I want to know that something's not ending when I'm invested in it. I don't like a big to be continued, especially not for the season finale, you know. Because, like, in the old days, like, you know, look, Picard gets kidnapped by the board and Borg, and we meet Locutus. All right, well, we'll see it in like three, four months. Three months. That's all yeah. we got to wait to yeah. see how that gets on. This, you, you were talking about it. It's like, easily two years, maybe three, who knows? Maybe never. Uh, so that part's frustrating, but how did everybody feel about, uh, the way the season ended? Let's talk about the, uh, the finale, the Gorn, not Borg episode. Uh, uh, the title is, uh, H E G E M O N Y. And I'm like, Hegemon? hegemony, hegemony. Well, that's, that's what
3: the Gorn word. The, that is, if you read the books, hegemony. the Gorn. You know, if it was the the Klingon Empire, the Romulan Empire, and then it was the Gorn hegemony.
2: Okay, the Gorn hegemony. Thank yeah,
3: Kardashian Union. Like that was their word of now. What is a hegemony? I really, if I knew this was coming up, I'd define it. Maybe I'll it's pause a, and
2: it's, pull the phone up. It's my favorite Billy Idol song, Hegemony, Hegemony. The- who knew there was going to be so much singing? Ah, probably everybody. Drexel, what did you think about the way that the season ended? Uh, you know, uh, let, let's not let's not hinge on the fact that it was a cliffhanger that'll take years to resolve. But
0: yeah, well, uh, aside from the born, that's what I'm gonna call um,
2: <laughs> them. The Jason Born. <laughs> the Born.
0: Um, I, I thought it was. I thought the um, the welcome of Scotty. Yeah. Was a, a welcome new character, like I said. You know, I, I mean, if you're gonna throw all the characters at us and they're all gonna meet at one in one episode, you might as well just throw everybody on the on the ship at some point. Um, but or they could have saved him for season three. I mean, it didn't, it really didn't matter. I mean, he could have been a season three character. Um, yeah. but then again, we might not get a season three. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but I I thought it was a, an interesting um episode. Anytime that um the Gorn are on, I'm always a little confused because they don't talk any, any, they don't say anything. And I don't know what their mission actually is. And so somebody might have to like explain that. Like I get the old stuff, but like in this new world, they're too far advanced. You know, they're really advanced and it's like, what?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, and and Lon references, you know, having been held on the breeding planet, and the idea—if the idea is they take over any planet they come across and turn it into a Gorn breeding planet so that there's more of them—that would make sense. But you're you're yeah. right, uh, the the Borg, the actual Borg, they assimilate. We get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get the, the the Klingons. We get that too. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I agree. Yeah. I
0: think when you have a series with a series of, of fans who you know who've read the books or who watched it, who've who've been a part of this journey for decades and decades or whatever, when you have a new show like this, you have to explain things. And I don't know that they explain the Gorn well enough outside of Laon's st- story arc to where this finale, to where they should have been the cliffhanger in the finale. You know, like I was like, okay, well. You know, and now and now they've got all these ships. You know, it's like, okay, are the ships more powerful? There's a lot going on, and a lot was not explained in that. I mean, we still got a little bit of Chapel and 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 Spock's relationship, you know, which sure. And then, you know, more was Jim was Jim Kirk in this episode.
2: Not in this episode. This is one of the the only ones he's not in, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, you know. But I also loved more Carol Kane as a teacher. Yeah. Okay. So she, so she, so she's okay. So she got, she's got Una. She's got Scotty. This is where they came from. This is where they like. I like that. I wish that was an episode before. Like I, you know, we got a little glimpse into why she's there and who she is, and we needed more of that. If you're going to introduce a new character like that. We need more of them in their story arc because we already got La'an, we already got La'an's story in the first season. And now you've got a new character and we barely got to see her through this season. And, and then at the end, there's, she's like, oh yeah, you're my student. You're my best student. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah but I, but you always got the worst grades. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, I know we touched on her, but I do think Carol Kane was a, was a great addition because uh, we don't see nearly enough of her. And uh, I, I think that uh, they made her character work. It was a little, it was definitely a little abrasive in the, in the, the, not the pilot, but the season premiere where she starts walking around. I'm like, all right, I guess this is a loud guest star, but then we got enough of her where I feel like it worked. Um, Jason, what did you think about, uh, the way that the season ended with, uh, a return to the Gorn slash born slash yeah. Borg of the future of the so past? You,
1: you've given me an idea, which I'll talk about after, but my whole thing with this is, it just reminds me of, cause you're right with best of both worlds. We had to wait like three months to the next season. And it's like, why do we have to do shows like a year and a half out now? I mean, I know there's, you know, the sets are bigger, the effects are better or whatever, but it's like, you know, do we, why are we in this world where we do 10 episodes and then it's a year till the next thing? I mean, do you have to, so now I immediately start thinking, you know, yes, I know the strike will make it even further, but say there was no strike, I would still not be happy having to wait a year for this thing. Yeah. Can't they do you know, do mini seasons like they do with bluey, you know how they let, you know, they they'll, <laughs> they'll drop like eight episodes I mean. and that's a part of a season. You know, here's, here's the fall episodes and then here's the the spring episodes. Um, I'm a little surprised to hear you all say maybe there won't be a season three because I mean, they've really made this the face of paramount I, plus,
2: I, uh, I, I, I think at the very least they would resolve this storyline in a movie. You know what I mean? Like a TV movie. I mean, but I, I, I would be surprised if there isn't because one, honestly, the only, the main reason is that paramount as CBS all access. When it launched, they were convinced that they could launch their own streaming service because of star Trek, Mm -hmm. because they knew that the four of us and so many like us will pay for it. And they did have slightly more ambitious plans where it was, To have very few weeks where there were no Star Trek series so that you would keep renewing. You know, it's sort of what Disney Plus tried to do. It's like, well, when your Marvel thing ends and your Star Wars thing is on and then this, um, they make it where it's very easy to cancel it uh, now, especially if you don't care about lower decks. But uh, yeah, I I do believe it's this story will be resolved. I would assume that they'll they'll find the money. They'll figure out. You know, right. all these actors are locked in for probably five seasons, if not more, because yeah. there are only ten episodes. But, but why I, you know, look, your 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 complaints, faster. by the way, about the short seasons and the time, um, you're a lot closer to understanding the writer's strike than you think you are, because your your complaints as someone who watches the shows exist for the people who are working on those shows, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, getting on a show used to mean that you'd get to write four or five scripts. Now it might right. mean one and right. you, you know, but look, here's the thing about as much as we love TNG, imagine if they continued and they did like 10 episode seasons and you know, there there's, there's always some stinkers in your 22 to 26 episode yeah. shows. And you know, it go, it doesn't, it's like the Tom, it's like uh, Lauren Michaels always said about SNL. It, uh, it doesn't go to air because it's ready. It goes to air because it's Saturday at 1130, you know, right. and great. it's the same thing with, uh, with scripted dramas. It's like, yeah, it's probably not right. I mean, I worked on law and order SVU. People right. love that show, but it's uh it's a conveyor belt, you know, it's like right. they, they're, you want to talk about episodes where all the characters aren't in it. They would have to shoot two episodes simultaneously and split the casts up because they're like, we can't keep up with the schedule. So it's, it's frustrating on a lot of levels. Um, we will get discovery at, right. at, at some point, but I think that's really it in terms of what's already done. Yeah, we get, uh, discovery, in,
0: we get discovery in March.
2: There's yeah, there's uh... yeah. I don't so, know when they're, they're probably gonna there's, slow nothing, down.
0: there's nothing else in between that
2: it's i mean decks, lo- lower, right, decks, lower decks lower decks for for those who celebrate right. lower decks is there yes but
1: i mean my, my question is like though the the turnaround time say i mean because they're like oh they were about ready to start shooting episodes in may well they were talking about those episodes won't be able to drop till like next you know summer and i was like really we're in a world where sh- you shoot a tv episode and it's not ready to drop for 11, 12 months. Well, let, me well, ma- it's, 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 let me make
2: a point. I'm sorry, Tom, I'll give you a, in a second. But um, what, what ha- we've been talking for a little bit more than an hour and a half now. And you know what we haven't complained about once? The effects, the yeah. CGI. And that's a big reason why this show takes a long time. Because I, I, I honestly think it looks really good. It does. And- the,
1: the weakest part is actually the opening credits. The The, Fair. the Enterprise looks like a cartoon in the opening credits. It yeah. looks better
2: than the actual show, but what uh, were you going to say, Tom? I, uh, well, I on two,
3: two points. points, uh, one, uh, the problem with the SAG after strike. And I say, this is a SAG after member is the hard work that those on strike are doing, uh, not going to work, uh, going to these protests and shutting down productions. Uh, the problem is the general public will not feel the consequences of this hard work until a year and a half, from now, maybe two long after the strike has been right. hopefully Yeah, it's settled. not like a
1: trucker strike where their Amazon packages. Yeah. Coming I now, did a right? whole,
3: yeah, I did a whole, like, yeah, if you're like when the firefighters in New York city went on strike in the seventies, it lasted six hours.
2: Well, and then also, you know, in, in New York, when the, uh, when, when the sanitation goes on strike, it does not last more than maybe a day right. or two when the trash bags are literally piling up on the sidewalk, uh, in New York. You do immediately uh, see that, and and here's what I'll say though is, you know, no, the the strikes aren't going to fall into you know immediate repercussions for people in our demographic. What about our parents or God bless any of you who have your grandparents, uh, who all watch CBS NCIS. and procedurals yeah. and all their shows? They're used to them coming back in September. They're the ones who are going to be like, where the hell's NCIS? Where I, I the hell's FBI? Where the hell's Chicago fire, Chicago police, Chicago hospital? I, I forget what they're all called, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. They're, I don't Those per- are the shows that you're going to feel that the people who watch network television and they do exist. Uh, they're just not you know, people in right. their thirties, forties, or maybe some of us almost in our fifties.
3: Uh, I talked about a lot of this on my own podcast. I just did my strike episode. And the short answer is this is, I think we, as, and I include myself as a SAG after union member, this is important. Don't send me any hate mail, please. Is I think the problem with this strike is they ramped up production. They knew this was coming and they were getting ready to starve, uh, the working man and woman out. Uh, like right now you're, they produce, I mean, there are five different star Trek series on the proverbial air right now. There's a bank of content that they've had ready to go. I still haven't seen stranger things seasons four and five or whatever the last two seasons are. Uh, I, I think they're ready to ride this out for a while. Uh, and that said, there's no real, if you're a, I thought the unions should have gone after Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie that they, we should have done a boy asked America to not go to the movies that are coming out right now.
2: Well, you know, I, and, and I did see, I did see an interaction you. you had on, on Twitter, Tom. And Mike Royce. The, the reason, the reason why you don't do the boycotts is because when it doesn't work, it makes you look weak. So yeah. yes, it, it, that's why they're saying, no, don't, we're not telling people to cancel Netflix cancel Disney plus cancel Paramount plus any of those things because not enough people will do it, you know, in, right. in places so, in the country, there are not that many people. No, no, let me put this the reverse way. There are plenty of people in the country who are actively plugged in and follow media and follow news. They don't obsess about it, but who don't even know that there's exactly. these strikes uh, and, and a lot. And, and so that's why that's the only reason if it would be effective, I think they would say, yeah, yeah, get rid of your Netflix. Although to be fair, my five and a half year old Lucy says she will not watch Netflix until mommy goes back to work. And and this, we didn't say anything to her. And wow. she's like, she's I was like, are you going to finish? She likes a show called rainbow Rangers on there. And she's like, no, not till mommy goes back to work. I'm like, all right, clearly. Um, they, that's pay a good
1: well, I mean, yeah. that's, that's going to work in probably Los Angeles, but I can tell yeah. you here, nobody even probably knows there's a, a, a strike. And even if it was like in the news, like, Hollywood actors tell Americans
2: don't go see Barbie. That's gonna yeah. mean
1: every American's wow. gonna say no, Screw no, because them. I, go see I, Barbie. I, you know, Give we, we got
2: to we got to almost an hour and forty minutes without uh, me mentioning this name, Drexel. No, you've got Ted Cruz telling people to not see the Barbie movie. But anyway, <laughs> we should turn the page from <laughs> one that. Thing,
0: one thing I was I was just gonna say just to just to circle into the Star Trek realm is because what's happened, what's gonna happen is, and this is just across the board, strike across the board, which is. Yeah, the, there's there's stuff in the bank that the studios are going to pump out, but what gets people interested in these things that are in the bank, outside of reality television, because they can do whatever they want to do, <clears throat> is the promotional stuff. Yeah, they don't have the actors, like they can have their like like likenesses to put billboards up and stuff like that i think it's a lot harder when they're not on when they're not on not doing interviews and they're not doing tv and they're not promoting and they're not on social media and they're not pr- doing what they would normally do to promote the shows yeah. and promote the movies nobody's going to be like people are going to be like i didn't even know that movie was coming out and right. and, 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 and for barbie right. and oppenheimer like you know barbie had 150 million dollar marketing budget and they got that in pretty early but then the but then you have the Oppenheimer cast which Oppenheimer was already something that people were going to go see anyway, walking off the carpet the first day of the strike, you know, so it's like now there's nobody, whether or not it's the Star Trek cast, you know, whoever, however long this goes on, you know, Star Trek Discovery will have its fans that will go back to it, you know, that will know that it's coming. But people who might be interested, there's going to be nobody to promote Star Trek Discovery, however long this goes on.
2: And to Drexel's point, that's why Sony was like, yeah, we're going to, they announced it. We're like, we're putting pause on everything except for Gran Turismo because they'd already started the promotion for that. They just tried to like, you know, they tried to finesse like, well, these first two weekends are going to be preview weekends. And then the actual release date is moved. But they... Like the, the next uh, Spider-Verse sequel, it's like off the schedule entirely because it, it's animation and they need to get the voice actors to work. And if they're also SAG-AFTRA, I guess they don't. So, and yeah, in past strikes, there, when there was just a writer's strike, they made the talk shows go back to work without writers. But because there's a SAG strike, you can't have Jimmy Fallon on there. No,
3: you can. It's a weird strike. And now this is where my union, where the WGA is a better union than SAG-AFTRA. Uh, and I know this just from reading what I've put a lot of effort into knowing what I can and can't do from just my own ethics. Uh, SAG-AFTRA isn't, the nice thing about the WGA is if you're a union writer, you're on strike, you are not going to work. You're in SAG-AFTRA, you're on strike, but unless you want to do a daytime talk show, unless you want to do a soap opera, unless you want to do certain commercials and unless you want to do film productions, uh, and news people. Good morning, America. Uh, and let's not even get into the radio personalities who are also right. not on strike. Dozens of separate contracts. So it's really so do, just
1: a so cool they can,
3: on strike.
0: They can ahead, do on. it. The actors can do it, but they can't promote anything. They can't promote anything. So
2: let's bring it back to Star Trek. They just yeah. had the big Star Trek convention in Las Vegas. And you had cast members who are SAG-AFTRA members. So you had a meet and greet with Ethan Peck and Zachary Quinto, they could not talk about Spock because Spock is a struck work and you could get your picture with both of them in street clothes. They weren't going to wear the uniform anyway, let's be honest, but it is very complicated, but it, 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 look, even if like technically under the letter of the law, you're allowed to do it. Most people aren't. And yes, they can't promote that struck work. So, you know, if, if Paul Rudd wants to do a podcast interview about the book that came out, that was supposedly written by Scott Lang from the Ant-Man movie. And uh, I know the actual writer, Uh, but you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of gray area, but most people, I, I, there's somebody that I asked to be on this episode, somebody who I've talked Star Trek with before. And they said, that they really weren't sure if they could talk about Star Trek during the strike so they'd be happy to do it another time. And I said it's fine, you know, I, no hard feelings, nothing like that. So it's it's difficult and yes, it's why it, it's more cut and dried with the WGA. Um but uh, you know, this is what people tuned in for was uh, yeah. union talk. And and, and uh, then my
1: last point you asked, asked the show and it, you yeah. gave me an idea when you miscalled the Gorn the Borg I was like, and then early on the show, you're like, well, how are they going to explain how they look now versus how they look when he fought Kirk, which is stupid because it's, you know, the zipper Have it where (laughs) the Gorn get assimilated by the Borg. And so their, their eyes get replaced with those stupid mesh things. Those are actual Borg implants. And, uh, Kirk is
3: fighting a
2: Borg Gorn. There
3: you go. You call him the Gorg.
2: <laughs> let's uh, no, those are the bad guys from fraggle Rock. So you see, then it gets confusing. Uh, Jason, let's get you on the phone to uh, Kiva Goldsman, and uh, we'll get a memo, we'll get it all mm-hmm. uh, tightened up after the strike. Anyway, this was a great season of Star Trek. This show, I've been happier with the 20 episodes than uh, as a whole, anything else I've gotten on Paramount Plus, anything in a long time. This feels like Star Trek. Some of those other shows definitely have episodes that feel like Star Trek, but there's weeks where I'm like, "Ah, I guess. And uh, I I think that I appreciate that they take big swings, even though I didn't love the musical episode. Uh, Having an outlet like Paramount Plus where you can try that and you don't have to worry about air quotes, the network saying, you know, you can't do a musical episode like they would have for DS9. Although I guess technically that was syndicated, but you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I in general, I'm happy with it. I like these characters. I like the crew of this show almost immediately because some of the more established characters. Discovery, it was a bit of a slog for me to come around. And then just as soon as I finally like somebody, they write them off the show. But we'll talk about that when we talk about Discovery in general. I would say I'm happy. Um, Drexel, I want to give you a, a final thought, uh, and uh, of course, anything else uh, that uh, that you'd like to bring up before before we wind things down for real. For real.
0: No, I'm excited about the you know a, a potential third season. I cliffhangers. You know, it reminds me of back in the day before we had like binge watching TV. You know, before we were binge watching TV, like you know, we had to wait a, a whole se- you know a whole Year before we got the fall season again, or just a few months before we got the fall season, so it's a little reminiscence of that. You know, history always repeats itself. I thought, you know, overall, like I said earlier, the season was a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what characters we are going to meet in the third season, uh, and how all of the how they take our notes from today's episode uh, and, they and will. incorporate them into the next season. Um, and hopefully, uh, one of two, you know, hopefully people are not only supporting. Uh, our SAG-AFTRA partners and our and our WGA members, but also hoping for a peaceful and quick resolution to the strike uh, because it is affecting um, almost every yes. act, uh, almost every part of Los Angeles.
2: Yeah, um, and, I mean, and 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 not to put any pressure, uh, uh, my kids got to eat. Come on now, uh, but. Good. Uh, you know, it's reminiscent. It, it reminds me of the, not knowing how long it'll be until the show comes back. It's like having to wait from the age of four to seven to find out, wait, is Darth Vader really his father or is he just saying that? I mean, what, 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 he's got a sister. What the? you know? So yeah, I haven't felt like that in, in a uh, kind of a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, all these, uh, all, all these things go back into production. Uh, the, the, uh, the lithium crystals are fully restocked. And uh, you all know. I'm saying is they can drop four
1: episodes as like, you know, put it out on time to, you know, give us the
2: back six.
1: They don't all have to be 10 in the can ready to go. Wow. When they serve these
2: up what what is the better business model though? imagine if they dropped all ten of these on like a Thursday at midnight, you know I mean Friday morning at midnight, you know like Netflix used to always do right uh, I, I, I I think it helps to uh, continue the conversation except for when you fall woefully behind like I did. This the year. worst
0: the worst is gonna be if the special effects uh, folks of the industry go on strike like yeah. that really. Take yep. some things up in the industry. Yeah, well, then that'll <laughs> turn
2: into, I uh, hope you really enjoyed the legal drama episode because we're having a whole season in a, in a Star Trek courtroom. No Texas phasers state. allowed in
1: here, sir. Texas is a right to work state. Everybody move on over. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to go with, I hope
3: the special effects people go on strike or I don't really, but I, if I were giving you my closing words and tagging it onto what you guys just said is, if the star Trek strange new worlds and all of the series writers were watching this right now, my advice is just remember a little less can be more. I did not love the last episode. I really didn't need to see Spock on a space jump. I didn't understand how the whole crew at a Cayuga died, except for nurse chapel. That was confusing. Uh,
2: Tom, it's because she's important. That's why she lived. Fine. Um, it was the USS Nine. Red Shirt.
1: That was the name of that <laughs> ship.
3: Yeah. And I'll argue my favorite episodes of Star Trek were actually the ones, and the ones we talk about, are the ones with really the least amount of money spent on special effects. I mean, if you really think about it, Star Trek II was one of the lower budget out of the first five, because they already, they reused the sets from uh, the motion picture. The models were built for the motion picture, and they really just broke things. And then they had to pay to fix it all in Star Trek three. Uh, I'll even argue with the original series right now, balance of terror. You never saw the other ship. What a great way to write a high end space drama and say, yeah, there's another ship out there. You just can't see it. I mean, brilliant, simple writing. And I would love to see Star Trek get back to that. And I think they did with the Lower Decks episode, though. That doesn't that's a bad example because of the animation. Uh, I'll argue the courtroom episode was high drama, um, you know, and even the one on uh, goes back in time, which might be my favorite one of the season, despite my notes about it. Uh, but, you know, they reused the tw- you know, they went outside in Toronto, to your point. You know, so, any, uh, so that's my overall thought and maybe not necessarily with my analysis uh, or maybe with my analysis now, less is more.
2: By the way, you reminded me of my favorite line in that episode. It's just a casual throwaway. It's a, it, oh, it's a major city in what used to be Canada, you know? So it's like, they're saying like, well, yeah, obviously we know what's it, it's eventually going to be like Sirius XM. Okay. At some point it's going to be us Canada. We know, you know um, anyway, uh, always fun to uh, talk about uh, Star Trek, and uh, so glad that uh, the three of you went on this voyage with me. Um, but now it is time to take the voyage home. But let's promote uh, Drexel. Anything you want to encourage people? Obviously, if they they can message you. Uh, but uh, I want to give you a chance. If there's uh, anything in particular you want to uh, leave the people with.
0: Well, um, you know, leave the people with all I, all I kept thinking about is do you hear the people sing because Le Miz is here at the Pantages. It uh, is at uh, Pantages, I know. know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, like I said, I mean, I think I said most of, of everything. People can follow me at Drugs Will Herd because I do most of the political stuff. That's where Christian and I started. I was just talking to Chelsea Galicia, who was just over at my house the other day. Oh. And, uh, yeah, we had dinner the other night. But... Uh, for those that that have watched the Trump report and have now skipped over into into Star Trek world, but uh, um, you know, like I said, I I think that I, I I'm ready for this new seat. I'm ready for Star Trek to come back. Sure, um, I really hope that we get uh, some Michelle Yao at some point. I know that's who you are referencing. Wow, in- that's.
2: Well, that's, yeah, no, that, yeah, I mean, they they uh, very quickly resuscitated that Section Thirty One show. That's, that's when,
0: probably what they should have been doing for the past year. But she was off doing another Agatha Christie movie that, that yeah. should drop next month. But um, you know, um, I'm not on here often. I'm not on here often. I'm happy to come back anytime. But yeah you know, we're, we're, we're ramping up in in the election time. So uh, I think that's going to take up a lot of, uh, certainly a lot of my time, but um, very excited to come back on as often uh, to talk talk non-real stuff.
2: Yes. Uh, uh, for people who don't know, Drexel is the campaign ma- manager for Mayor Quimby in Springfield. Uh, so, vote, vote. Do I uh, hear a briefcase opening to, do to get that man reelected? <laughs> we need Quimby. We want him on that wall. We need him on that wall. Jason Blair, you're not really on uh, social media anymore. I mean, you're on uh, Facebook, but you're probably yeah. not going to add somebody to watches this social- show. On
1: I, I, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I'm pleased to announce that I just got named by... Best Lawyers Magazine as best lawyer for trademark law in Austin, Texas, uh, yesterday. So congratulations! If you have uh, copyright, trademark, branding issues. I can uh, represent people all over the country. I'm not limited to Texas law. So, uh, Jason Blair, I'm at Smith Gambrell and Russell. And
2: you've reminded me that I did promise you we would uh, we would do a copyright uh, and trademark. Oh, there's a stuff. new
1: case that court just ruled on whether a guy uh, ripped off Lord of the Rings, and it's so awesome to hear an appeals court talk about how Aragorn is different than Hobbit Town,
2: and it's 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 beautiful. <laughs> I kind of like that. Well, uh, uh, as as someone who I believe was recently on the front cover of Best Podcast Magazine, Tom Kelly, let everybody know where they can find you.
3: My podcast is at tomkellyshow.com. And uh, to Dominicus, uh, thank you for showing love on my YouTube channel, Tom Kelly Show. I am, inspired by my time here today, going to try to do a TikTok with me singing the odd couple lyrics. I <laughs> have pulled them up and I'm going to give credit here because now that I know there's a trademark lawyer in the room, I better share <laughs> as much credit as I can. Uh, no matter where they go, they're known as the couple. There's the, it, it fits. It fits people. Um, no. I've been reading it the whole show. It fits. We
2: can't wait to see it. I know. I can't wait. And uh, you know, I, I I know I don't need to actually install the TikTok app, TikTok app to watch that. So I will just watch it uh, on my phone. Uh, as always, uh, I am uh, at Christian DMZ on X and on Threads. It's so hard to promote yourself when they that's keep coming up thing. with dumb names for everything. I don't think Threads... I'm going to promote Threads forever. because You're I think on ecstasy so, right now? Yes. That's oh, why wow. it's been such a long time. That's, that's how we
0: got through the musical episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what it took. Uh, and uh, you can find me, Christian DMZ. I believe our next episode, my pal Will Sterling and I will talk about the Blue Beetle movie, which uh, we're going to go see on Wednesday. So we'll talk about that. Uh, And, of course, uh, subscribe and see the backlog of recent episodes. We've covered a lot of movies this summer uh, and shows like this one. So uh, please subscribe there. And please follow uh, over on the Who Are These Podcasts Network, the new show that we just launched. Who Are These Broadcasters, which is Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And we basically find a lot of clips and we laugh. We have fun. And uh, nobody learns anything, but uh, you can find over there. Who are these broadcasters? Uh, That is all the time we have for now. We'll see you next time on the Blackcast. And as the great Spock would say, live long and prosper. Thank you for listening to the Bladcast. Don't forget to
0: subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like the Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on the cast
3: Beyond the rim of starlight, my love is wandering in star flight. I know he'll find star-clustered reaches. Love, strange love, a star teaches. I know his journey ends. Never, his Star Trek will go on forever. But tell him while he wanders his starry sea, remember, remember me. His now,
2: where Star was that Trek in the episode? So, so, here's hey, the hey, black cast.
1: Thank you for the 199 Christian uh, Cardiff. Grab your guitar to play whole lot of Rosie.
0: Stay tuned till the end of the show. I will. Is that a real song? Yeah, ACDC. I
1: don't know anything about songs or movies. I'm sorry, Christian. I don't know anything. Oh, lot of
2: roses. Oh, So oh, oh,
0: Mousies! 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 Look at the now, the blood
1: 199 who's had more hands up their bum chad or tukey <laughs> chad <laughs> i think that's the
3: answer i think that is the answer
1: Thank you, Bladcast. I'm going to name drop real quick. I hope that's okay. Please? I had Christian Blatt at my house this past weekend. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> I'm getting ready to break into a Slim Jim. Yeah.
2: Oh, <sighs> I can't wait <laughs> to isolate that and start putting it at the end credits of the Blackcast, uh, where we have a little montage of clips. The The, cast. the yeah.
1: Blackcast is 100% right.
2: Well, this has been the Blackcast. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Jeff Durey, <laughs> not on Twitter. Uh, the Black. Oh, I like this one. This is nice. This is what you were saying, Richard. The BLAD Cast. Thank you for two bucks. The BLAD Cast.
3: One of the best podcasts you can ever see. The Black Cast. whoop de doo We're watching it. We got no Wi-Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it.
0: Go watch the BLAD Cast with me and Carl.
1: Good luck with the whole thing. And, you know, here's to another 500. Get you to a thousand, you know, which is more than five hundred.
0: Last like time I said. Hello, fellow favorite person of Christian Blatt. How are you?
1: Hi, other fellow <laughs> favorite person of Christian Blatt.
0: <laughs>
2: Our boy Christian Blatt.
0: I'm glad Christian Blatt uh, put that up because I totally forgot I am doing the podcast tomorrow.
3: Um, this is kind of funny. So you have Christian Blatt on the show. And by the way, I want you guys to pay attention to both Christian and Brian, who are aggressively ignoring
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Christian looks particularly troubled.
0: There, are you guys playing Wordle with each other? <laughs> what is going on?
1: I have a friend who does a podcast with his wife and another guy, and whenever the wife talks, this is what me and Christian are doing. And I'm like, I can't, I, I can't shit on him for it anymore. I'm like, now that I see myself doing it. But E-Rock's talking about some boring shit right there. (laughs) I'm going to pull back the curtain for you guys. At that moment, I was texting Christian and saying, I'm going to fake a heart attack. And he was (laughs) texting me saying, I'm going to fake an earthquake. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed.
2: (laughs) That was not
1: my fault. Tookie loves you all more than
3: a friend.
2: I love Tookie.
3: Yay! (laughs) Hacka, hacka!